Hello and welcome to School Growth Mastery, produced by Enrollhat. We help schools, preschools, colleges and universities find their voice, connect with their ideal parents and grow their enrollment. We will bring on a diverse list of guests from school heads, admissions officers, marketing experts, parents and more, each with a unique insight into how you should grow your school in this changing landscape. Welcome to the podcast and thank you for joining us and being on. Alexis, thanks for having me. So I'd like to start by asking a, a few questions about your career. Uh, tell us a bit about your story. How did you end up in admission class enrollment? Well, yeah, I've uh, spent the better part of my career uh, in college admissions. And um, I actually worked in, in publications initially at an institution. And... Uh, enjoyed the atmosphere more than anything else, more than the actual work. And so uh, while I was working there, I talked to the admissions folks within that school. I think they saw something in my personality and they said, admissions might not be bad for you. Uh, something, something to think about. So I looked at some postings. I applied for a couple of jobs and I was lucky enough to get hired uh, at a private institution in Boston. Uh, and I worked there for about a year and a half or so. And uh, my alma mater approached me and uh, they had an opening in their office uh, in an office that didn't have much turnover. Um, so I, at that point, I applied for that position. And I worked as an admissions counselor there. I was in my early 20s, uh, recruiting, uh, spending most of my time in like the mid-Atlantic states uh, and recruiting from school. I worked there for about eight years and was able to move up within the office uh, from admissions counselor to eventually associate director where I was working closely with their athletics programs, uh, working in specifically in like guidance counselor outreach as well. Uh, recruiting more closer to home in, in the greater Boston area too. Uh, and uh, I was the associate director. I eventually became the director of transfer admissions uh, there. But then I wanted to move closer to family. Uh, my family grew, uh, My family lives, um, we live in the southeastern part of the state, and I was working up in the North Shore uh, in Massachusetts. So uh, it was a position that opened up in um, down in, in Cape Cod, it was an opportunity to run an admissions office, so I, I applied for it, and I was got the position uh, at a school in, as I said, in, in the Cape Cod area, uh, and it, as a director of admissions. And I was able to run my own office and, and get an understanding of what it meant to do that. Um, and then I've worked at a couple of schools since. Since then, I worked at a, a public institution in Rhode Island for about five years as their director of admissions uh, until this position opened up here at Bristol Community College. I became the dean of admissions here at Bristol with the thought of sort of doing something different, working with a different student population. Uh, and it's been really rewarding. Working at the community college gets to get involved with his, with so much and, and there's tremendous students here. Uh, and I've been able to sort of expand my role here from uh, you know, j- just admissions to uh, dean of enrollment. Now I've been dean of enrollment for a couple of weeks, and and um, able to oversee a number of different areas within the enrollment process, specifically admissions, uh, the registrar's office, and financial aid. I still have a lot to learn, uh, but it's been it's been really interesting, really interesting to be able to get involved with so different so many different areas within the college. So congratulations on your new position. Thanks. First of all. Thank you very much. Uh, so you said in terms of your responsibilities, you have admissions, you have uh, financial services, you have the register. Uh, how about marketing and recruiting? Is that within your scope? It is. It's a big part of, of what we do. Um, and certainly with uh, one of the things that we're actually doing now is we're building a strategic enrollment management plan 
uh, and I've been charged with sort of chairing the, the recruitment side of it. So we, we work closely with uh, college communications and marketing, um, okay. with events, uh, with the just the, in things that go that revolve around the enrollment process. Um, you know, reviewing the website. Uh, yeah, we, we work very we work hand in hand with that office. Um, so communications and marketing is like a separate uh, a vertical within uh, the organization, the BCC organization. Collaborate with them. We do. We do. We we meet uh, every other week. Uh, we sit down with the director of marketing uh, just to talk about the different initiatives that we have going on. Uh, we talk about different things that we should push to social media, different things that, that should be up on the website, uh, and, and certainly our suite of materials as well. We, we go through that with them, but we work very closely with that office. Excellent. And how about student engagement? Is that something you are heavily involved with or, or not so much? Well, it's, we went through, we're going through a reorganization now, uh, where, uh, student affairs or student services was separate from enrollment management for a handful of years. And now it's been sort of brought back together and we're under one umbrella of student affairs. Uh, and so we, we do have a, a piece of that. We do work, um, with the different offices. We, we meet with the different department heads within student affairs, uh, and, and student engagement. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been an interesting interesting few months in, in being part of that structure. Uh, but yeah, we we try to attend events. We put on different events for the community as well. And enrollment and admissions in particular has has involvement with that. Interesting. So you're still finding the balance uh, between outreach and actually focusing on enrolled students within the new organization. If I yes. Yes. Absolutely. And and you report into. I report in, we have a vice president of student services and enrollment management. Okay. Ah, so yeah, so that's the new role and, and the combination of the two. Correct. Okay, and uh, your staff, you have a staff of how many approximately? Uh, let's see. I have, in terms of direct reports, it's the uh, director of admissions, director of financial aid, and the registrar. Uh, and then be, beyond that, uh, the admissions has, uh, let's see, they have the admissions staff as well as the enrollment center staff. So each we have uh, we're a multi-campus school, so we have a campus in Fall River, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. in New Bedford, Massachusetts, Attleboro, and in Taunton, uh, and those campuses have enrollment centers as well, uh, and admissions and, and financial aid staff at those campuses as well. Um, so and they the, report into you all of those. The the, the enrollment center actually we have reports into the director of admissions who, who reports okay. to me, and yes. then uh, testing as well. We have placement exams, placement testing, and the testing center that does more than just placement exams. They do um, like CLEP exams and, and TEAS exams for nursing students. And, uh, but the testing center also reports into admissions. Um, so we, we have, uh, those, those organizations, um, financial aid, the director of financial aid has a staff of, um, let's see, seven or eight, seven or eight overall staff members. Um, actually a little bit, a little bit bigger than nine or 10, I, I would say. And then the registrar's office, uh, a little bit smaller. There's, there's uh, five members of the registrar's office now. So. Um, when they report into the registrar again, who reports into me. That's super interesting. And if you don't mind me asking, I mean, moving from a position of director of admissions in at Rhode Island College, mm-hmm. now you've been dean of admissions, and as you just mentioned, uh, you've moved up to the position of dean of enrollment. And suddenly, what you just described is, is, a, is a significant uh, amount of people. <laughs> 
managerially, uh, how has that found out? What are your challenges? Because uh, I, I see you didn't have this managerial experience earlier on. Am I right? Correct. Yeah. I, I've, I've been a director uh, at a few different schools. And uh, actually, when I, I became the director of admissions at, at Mass Marathon, that's one of the things I was looking forward to was, was direct supervision of, of staff. Uh, it, it's a learning experience. It really is. It's. It, I think you need the ability to. Um, it's not just managing the actual workflow, but managing personalities, and mm-hmm. um, you have to be a, a listener. I think more than anything else, uh, and you have to be able to listen to folks and, and um, get a good understanding of, of where folks are coming from. But yeah, it's it's significant. I, I'm I'm fortunate enough here where uh, we have some great leaders within the organization. Um, so although there's a, a number of folks that that fall under enrollment. Um, luckily, I don't have to manage them all. I mean, we, I have some, some great managers here um, so, within yeah. admissions, financial aid, and the registrar's office. So that, that makes sense. If we dig deeper into your, let's say, routine and maybe your medium-term priorities, if I were to ask you a couple or three key priorities for 2019, sure. what comes to mind? Sure. As I mentioned, we're building a strategic enrollment management plan now, and that's really uh, that's that's really what my focus has been on, uh, and working on that the recruitment side of that plan. Um, I've a I work with a, a team of of um, collaborative team of um, across the campus here uh, to work on the plan. So that that's really at the forefront. Um, enrollment enrollment has been a struggle uh, in in the Northeast, I think, in particular. Uh, and with community colleges, uh, it, it's interesting because the the economy affects enrollment at community colleges. Uh, so we're competing against we're competing against job opportunities, but we we also complete, compete against um, you know other schools and other options within the area. And then there's less students actually graduating from high school now that are going to pursue college education. So you have a a, a play which is competing with other colleges, competing as you said with job opportunities, but there is also a demographic play in all that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's that's what we're really taking a close look at now to see how we can how we can be proactive with, with these trends uh in, in service the students in the community as best we can. Got it. So talked a little bit about your key challenges uh, together with your, your priorities. In terms of like the metrics, the 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 KPIs or the um, what is the the key data you look at to drive all your thinking and your your decision making? Sure, sure. I mean, as an institution, we're, we're obviously we look at retention, we look at enrollment, uh, we are looking at like in the on the admissions end, we're looking at like our feeder high schools, mm-hmm. uh, we're looking at uh, demographics across the area as well, um, multicultural students, uh, adult learners, how to best service them. Um, but yeah, no, I think as an as an institution, we've we've actually done pretty well um, with retention as, as far as we, in comparison to how the other state community colleges do or have done. Mm. Um, and, and same thing with enrollment, we we actually have have done okay, and we but we know we can improve. Um, but what we're looking at, uh, you know, how our enrollment re- reflects with with um, the budget, the way our budget is, uh, as, as every school does. Uh, there's there's always a budget number that you want to try to meet. But uh, you obviously want to go beyond that. Uh, but we're, we're looking at um, 
Yeah, enrollment and retention. That, those are really the, the two big areas. Uh, you know, if you're looking at, at KPIs, that, that's a, those are the two big things we look at. Great. And uh, talking about competition, what is your target group? First of all, in terms of a, like students versus parents, how much do you communicate target uh, students versus parents? And in terms of location, are you very focused on the immediate uh, location, the state? Do you go out of state at all? Sure. We do a little bit out, out in Rhode Island. Um, mm. You know, as a, as a community college, we are primarily, I and mean, we're a commuter school. Uh, there's no mm. housing on campus. So we, we stay within, I would say we probably stay within 10 to 15 miles of all of our campuses. Uh, but that does bleed into Rhode Island. Um, so we, we do try to recruit in, in some of the spots that are commutable. Uh, we have uh, four campuses. We have one campus in Fall River, uh, which is, I, I think you, you, if you were to view it, it's your traditional college campus. You mm. see it as a traditional college campus. We have a campus in, uh, in New Bedford, which is really an urban campus and sort of our health sciences hub. Uh, we have a campus in Taunton, uh, which is a, uh, it's actually located in a mall um, with, with an interesting setup. It was, it's rec- it was actually, it was a former Old Navy that's been retrofitted as a, uh, as, as, a, as, a, as a school with classrooms. Okay. It's really well done. It's very nice. They did a, a very nice job of putting that together. And then we have another campus in Attleboro. Uh, and all the, all the areas have different demographics. Um, I think they have a different uh, personality, so to speak. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's interesting. We, we do try to stay within those areas. I have, we have admissions and financial aid staff and advising staff in all those areas, uh, in all the campuses. So they, they do go out and they recruit in their, in the, in their greater area. Um, so yeah, we, we do stay, I would say we do stay local, uh, but we do a, a little bit out of state. I bet uh, tuition wise, uh, out of state students have, uh, higher tuition too so that is a disincentive so. sure yes they they were international students as well being out of state obviously have to pay a higher rate we do have an agreement with rhode island that they do pay the in-state rate uh and we'll have the occasional student that will that'll uh move to this area and not necessarily establish residency in this area and attend school and pay the out-of-state rate um but yeah i, I would think that would be a, a drawback for a student that, that they were to relocate and come a distance that would be uh that would be difficult Got it. And students versus parents, how, when you visualize your, your target audience, are sure. you talking mainly to, to prospective students? How much are you bringing parents being the, the people that pay the tuition at the end sure, of the day? How, no, that's, that's a wonderful question. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, we try to target both. We try to target both. I think one of the things that we actually have a, a relatively new president, President Laura Douglas, who came in uh, I think just under two years ago. And her her vision is is to turn this area into a college going culture. Uh, I think with the, um, the the attainment rate in the area is is, is lower. Uh, so we want to see more students come to college. So the things that we've been trying to do, we've been trying to uh, offer these these opportunities called family nights. So we we set up we have um, uh, let's see a few weeks ago we did a, a Cape Verdean family night. So it was um, sort of central sort of a uh, ethnic uh, centric uh, event uh, where we um, we celebrate the culture in the area. Uh, tonight, actually tonight, uh, we have a Black and African American Family Night that we're having. Mm. Uh, but it's to bring the whole family to campus and to show families that we we are a you know education should be a priority or is a priority, uh, and it's a, a celebration of cultures. And um, 
they've been great events, but it's it's really to try to shift the culture here in, in southeastern Mass and to, and, to, and to really push that college is and should be an option for everyone. And when you do that, you, you really have to sell it to the whole family. Um, so we, we do some outreach to, we do a lot of our uh, outreach is focused on the student, um, but we know we have to uh, get buy-in from everyone. Um, and then there may be opportunities for families as well, for parents. Uh, you know, I think when whenever we have a student that sits down with an admissions counselor, they'll talk to the student about their goals. But the, I have admissions counselors who also talk to the parents about their goals. Um, because maybe there's an opportunity here, whether it's a certificate, whether it's through workforce development, or whether it's a degree program that, that may make sense for them. As a community college, we're trying to impact the whole community. Uh, and, um, you know, a, a way to do that is to, is to um, have folks see education as an opportunity, an opportunity to advance, an opportunity to better their life. That's interesting. So it's not only it's students, it's parents, but it's also the, the wider community. Thinking about uh, your enrollment goals, uh, any new markets? I mean, will you be doubling down mostly on Southern Mass? Are you looking into trying to talk to new uh, student populations. Sure, I, I think a lot of our focus will be on um, on the adult population more than anything. It's not necessarily breaking mm. into a secondary or tertiary market. It's it's really going to be focusing on uh, the adult learner um, because in, in this area uh, there's there's a there's a decline in the as I mentioned the high school the, the demographics in terms of high, students graduating from high school, but there's mm. like a slight increase in that in the 30 to 39 year olds uh, in southeastern Mass. So we're we're going to look to um, you know, look at that group in particular, uh, what we can provide them with in terms of um, academic programs, what we can provide them with in terms of uh, credentials, d- degree programs, certificate programs, what what makes sense. Um, I think that's the area that we need to focus on or that we should be focusing on uh, is the adult population. We'll still look at that traditional high school student as well. Um, you know, obviously, that's our, our bread and butter for our new new incoming students. It's the traditional high school students. but And we work closely with the high schools in the area to, to keep that relationship. But I, I think the adult population is, is really going to be the big focus. And then the demographics here are changing as well. I mean, they, um, New Bedford, which is where one of our campuses is located, 20% of that population uh, is, identifies as Hispanic or Latino. Um, so, you know, we, I think we have to look at that group as well, see what kind of offerings should be uh, should be provided in that area. Um, so I think those types of things, the, the numbers, the demographics, uh, the, those, the, the data that we see, we have to respond and be, and be um, you know, proactive in nature and, and, and figuring out what we need to do and how we approach. Got it. Excellent. Um, in terms of toolkits, what are the main tools you feel you have at your disposal? What can you lean on to improve your numbers? I mean, tools without which you would feel completely ineffective. Sure. I, as you talk about staff, I mean, I, I would say the staff here is tremendous. Um, and, and the relationship building that they do is tremendous. And the work they do within the community and the community ties, excellent. Uh, they do an excellent job. Our faculty here is the same way. They're great at building relationships. Uh, I mean, obviously, they're here to be educators, but they, they do a wonderful job. They're, they're really you know, our, our best uh, ambassadors. Um, 
we do uh, we have a very comprehensive communication plan as well. We we would like some more technology. I think the there's a lot you can do with technology in the communication plans, but we have a very comprehensive communication plan that spans through the whole uh, enrollment uh, area. So admissions, financial aid, uh, the testing center, they, they do some tremendous outreach. And, and it's really the, the people who work that communication plan that really do it. Uh, uh, you know, that's really our, our um, when you talk about uh, assets, they, they really do a, a tremendous job in, in working that. Um, but no, it's, it's the people, it's the people's, the, the, the biggest, um, is the biggest key to how we'll, how we'll bring students in. And how about doing outreach? Is it mostly offline? Is it online? Where does social media come in? Oh, let's see. That's a great question. Yeah, we have a, our marketing communications department here, uh, does really a nice job, uh, with, um, and they utilize Twitter and Facebook and they do uh, some great things with Facebook ads. And, um, yeah, social media does play a, a big role in the different departments here that we have, uh, whether it's the financial aid office and their use of, of Facebook or, uh, marketing communications, the multicultural student center, they have a very active Twitter account. Uh, we do try to promote quite a bit, uh, with, with Twitter, Facebook, and, and LinkedIn mostly. Um, but yeah, social media is, is um, you know, students are on it. Uh, students are on it. I mean, it's not the only medium we use to get messages out there, but it, it's certainly a helpful one. So if I were to describe the responsibilities high level, would it be fair to say that marketing and communications are responsible for reaching building awareness, reaching stu prospective students that do not already know you, uh, informing them about all that BCC has to offer. And then once someone, a student or a parent maybe shows interest, in interest inquires, then they relay the relationship to you. Is that a fair description? Um, yeah, somewhat. I, I think it's in tandem. I, I think the two departments uh -huh. um, you know, are pretty in sync with our messaging. And so, like a lot, of my counselors are out. The admissions counselors are out recruiting. Uh, they're at they're at the high schools, the college fairs. There, they're presenting mm. the materials that marketing gives them um, in terms of like any any sort of brochures or or, or whatever. But yeah, I, I would say. And you are feeding back the the message that you want. You feedback. You have that feedback loop. So the messaging that you would like ends up in the brochures too. Correct. Correct. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's. Um, I think we, we work in tandem and we, we work very well together, the, the two departments. Um, and one other thing that we've been trying to build here as well is, is um, where we're, when we're focusing on not necessarily the traditional student as well as uh, any other students who have aspirations to go on and get a bachelor's degree, uh, we, we, we've built some great partnerships with the state university. Uh, we have a mass transfer program, which is students that, are go, that attend a community college and then transfer on to one of the mass uh, universities or UMasses, and then we've built some uh, some local partnerships with uh, uh, with Bridgewater State and UMass Dartmouth uh, because those are two of the schools that we send a, a lot of transfer students to. So we, we've built we've um, been sort of proactive and we've built these relationships with these with these schools uh, to do two plus two programs uh, so that a student can come here uh, with thoughts of uh, starting their bachelor's degree right at Bristol. Um, and, and we're, it's it's been great. It's been a great relationship with those two schools. That's great. And just for our audience, when you say 
transfer students, they're actually graduating from you guys and moving on Correct. to, to f- a four-year college or a two-year or, or completing the, the following two years. You, you got it. Yeah. So they're doing a, They're coming here. They're doing their uh, the first two years of their bachelor's degree uh, here at Bristol, graduating with an associate's degree and then transferring on uh, to one of the state universities or UMass's. And it's been... Um, and we have a, a number of students that do it each year. Uh, overall, we have about a, I want to say it's, it's over a thousand students that transfer uh, each year to to uh, another program. So, um, yeah, the, the outcomes are great. Sure. So let's move a bit higher from the the weeds and, and the daily routine and your daily or weekly activities, let's say, and talk about. Your your strategy we touched upon your competition. The the main question that comes to mind is how do you compete? What is the key value proposition that BCC has to offer? Is it the academic programs? Is it academic outcomes? Yeah. Any non-academic support you offer? Things yeah. like that. Yeah, it's it. I think it's definitely the outcomes, mm-hmm. uh, and whether that's a student who graduates and goes into the workforce and, and finds a, a great opportunity or a student who graduates and, and transfers to, uh, you know, their dream school. Um, so, you know, outcomes, outcomes are big. I think that's really, um, and, and there's a support that a student does receive uh, here as well. I think they do, you know, you're going to get a lot of the things that you would see at, at your, at your four-year schools here. Um, a lot of opportunities to be involved on campus uh, to be involved, uh, to do internships, to do study abroad, to do uh, cooperative education, that they're, and be part of an honors program. There are a lot of those opportunities here as well. Um, so yeah, I think those things are, are, um, are how we sell the school. I mean, when we are selling the school, we look at affordability, um, we look at uh, transferability, and we look at accessibility. Mm. Uh, where we're spread out through southeastern Mass with all with our campuses. Actually, our, our largest growing campus, or our fastest growing campus right now, is our online programs. Um, so yeah, we we deliver some programs completely online. We deliver some programs on on each one of our campuses as well. Um, so that we're very accessible. Uh, we talk about transferability. We have so many students that transfer each year, and we have a lot of our we have about a hundred and some odd articulation agreements. I don't have the exact number off the top of my head, but we have a, a large number of articulation agreements with other schools in the area um and uh and, and, and accessibility uh and affordability I mean, where um if you're a student who is eligible for a pell grant uh or a full pell grant you're, you're going to have most of your your education paid for uh with the pell grant if you're going full time um so it's it's really a, a great opportunity for a student to um, start here do two years leave here without a, a lot of debt or if they, or or no debt, uh, and then transfer on to their um, transfer on to a bachelor's degree program, and, and save money in the long run. Save money, uh, you know, throughout their first couple of years. Great, and I hear you talk more about slightly more about transferability than what you do about career opportunities. Sure. Would you say that these two factors are? Aligned meaning the ones you target for uh, transferability are different from the ones you target for career opportunity. Are they the same student and they decide during the, their two years at BCC what path they're going to take? Mm-hmm. How do you manage that? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great question. I, I think we do 
if you look at our, our marketing material and, and our presentations that we do, we do, we do push the, the transfer uh, side because mm. we do think there's a, a tremendous amount of value in it. Um, but you have, you have the students that come here and they're looking really for their quickest way to get through uh, their academics and gain a credential and become employable. And we do have a career services office here that works closely with students too, um, with, with resume writing and with, with opportunities. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we have, we have a lot of students that, that'll go that route and, and want the associate's degree or want a certificate and, and to go right into the workforce. Um, but you'll have some students that will change mid-flight as well. If I were to ask high level, how many would go, would take the, the, career route and how, how many would continue on to a college? Sure. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, it's roughly, roughly. roughly yeah, it's, whatever comes to mind. Yeah, yes. I mean, it's, it's probably, because as I said, we had about 1,000 students who transferred mm -hmm. last year. Um, yeah. And if we're graduating 1,500, so maybe, maybe two-thirds that are transferring. But again, that's a guess. Right. Uh, yeah, we yeah. have some, some really career programs, too, some programs that are designed for students to go right. Like our... I'll use nursing for an example. We have an RN program here where a student will graduate from the RN program and, and go right to the workforce. Uh, it, we have um, dental hygiene, same sort of thing, a real career program. So some of the health sciences, um, the student may eventually transfer to uh, to another program, but they're looking to get to work, uh, get get to work right after their degree. Um, whereas we have some programs that are designed specifically for transfer. Uh, we have um, like a business there's a business administration transfer program. Uh, where is it, it's set up for a student to do the two years here and then they, they tra transfer to a business program someplace else. Makes sense. And do you have some programs that are evidently the, the highest demand programs of, of BCC or are they pretty much balanced across the board? Sure. Um, well, we're, we're open enrollment overall. I would say our, our larger programs tend to be business and communications, um, liberal arts and general studies. Uh, and we have some selective programs as well. Not all of our programs are open enrollment. The, the health sciences in particular are selective programs. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the, the culinary arts. I know there, there's a certain um, you know, pathway to, to get into the culinary arts program. They don't just allow any student to enroll in culinary arts. Uh, so there are, there are some programs that are selective. But yeah, I would, I'd say for our larger programs, general studies, business, um, those tend to be the, the larger programs. Yeah. I did some research before our, our chat today, and I was looking at your strategic plan. Okay. And I, I saw uh, an important mention for advancing liberal arts in the, in the strategic plan. And my question is, is it directional top-down from you guys, or are you feeling the demand uh, bottom-up from students too? Sure. It's probably a, a little bit of both. I think we, what we've seen is we've had a lot of students who would come uh, as a general, what's called a general studies student. And they'd be general studies without, without a ton of direction. And I think the focus on liberal arts is to uh, provide a little bit more of a direction. They, they, we have pathways or, or meta majors that, that we're uh, incorporating. So a student, a student can get a liberal arts background and have a focus on a certain area. Like we have a liberal arts transfer program for math and science. Liberal arts transfer program uh, for um, uh, for social sciences as well. So we, we want to provide that liberal arts education because it is so important, uh, but to also provide some uh, a pathway for these students to 
uh, either eventually transfer or eventually go into a specific field. Uh, I'm mindful of time coming coming to the end. I wanted to ask you, I heard you talked about the online program. Uh, what are you doing there? Talk to us a bit, a bit about that. Uh, you are talking about for online? Uh, online, about the online, uh, expanding the online program. Sure. We've just seen a tremendous amount of growth in that area. Um, and whether it's a student who wants to take some courses, like hybrid courses, uh, some of our health sciences are, are hybrid programs, um, or, or it's, uh, you know, we're actually developing a strategic plan specifically for, for e-learning now or for, for our online programs. Um, in, we'll see guest students, students who are coming in the summer, taking a course, taking two courses, or, or coming in the winter even, they, they, they prefer the online route. Um, I think what we're, how we, we've just started to really market it um, within the last couple of years. And so we're, we're, we're starting to see the growth now and we're, and we're actually developing this strategic plan specifically for, um, for that, the Bristol, for our Bristol online programs. Um, so we're, we're getting there. I think we're, we're, we're looking at our numbers, looking at specific courses that are offered, looking where students are coming from. Um, and we'll, we'll, you know, eventually we're hoping to, to have it as a, as a big part of who we are. Um, but we're, we're sort of just figuring it out now. That's good. Um, final question on my side, John. Um, we're hearing right and left that the admissions and enrollment roles across the board are becoming harder and more complex. How do you, if I were to ask you to make a, a prediction about the future, how do you see your job changing over the next four to five years? Do you expect something significant? Do you expect incremental change to your responsibility? That's a good question. Um, and it's a good question that I'm so new in the role. <laughs> that, that mm-hmm. If we talk maybe about that, and maybe we can, we can move further down, either a senior admissions counselor, how will their job, will their job change in your view or not? Really? Sure. No, I, I, it, it's yeah, always yeah. evolving because, I mean, they, I think of the time when I used to travel and recruit, um, you know, you, you was, you'd spend time at college fairs, you'd be visiting high schools, and, and that may lessen a bit with technology in terms of how you do your outreach. Um, you know, you, you may do more with uh, social media, you may do more with... Um, you know, I, I think things like texting, uh, are the things that many schools do, uh, which we don't really, we really don't have the capability to do it, or, or we haven't had the capability to do it. So you, you may see more, um, less of that face to face, and maybe more of the uh, use of technology uh, with it within the, um, I guess, within the profession. Uh, some schools, I'm sure, do it really well, and and other schools maybe don't do it as much. So I think that's something that that's going to continue. Um, uh, if I I ask you to make a bet between the importance of texting, I sustaining a relationship with a student that a prospective student that is already aware of BCC versus social media marketing, which is starting the relationship, building that awareness. Which if you have to choose to invest in one of the two for the next, let's say, year, 12 months, 
which one for you is the priority? Well, I, I think for um, institutionally, I think it's the awareness. I think the awareness would be mm. um, that would pro- we probably prioritize that. I, and both are so important. I mean, we we have a big focus on on as I said, change, shifting the culture here to be a college going culture. Um, and just making people aware of what we can do and what we what we do offer and how we can help. Um, so I, I think awareness is big, but we also have a focus on retention and, and getting students engaged. So I think I think both are important, but for us right now, um, I, I think it's the awareness. Okay, John, this has been a great talk. It's been really helpful. I'm hearing different perspectives, different challenges, and di- different ways. Um, Deans of enrollment and professionals in the admission sector treat the challenges that are coming your way. It's extremely helpful for our audience. So I, I want to thank you for your no, time. Thank you for having me. And hopefully we can do a follow-up at some point in six months when you're further into the role and you can give us uh, more insight on how your, your project is. Oh, fantastic. Worked. Yeah, that, that sounds great. Thank you very much, Alexis. Thank you very much, John. Have a nice day. Thank you for listening to School Growth Mastery, brought to you by Enrollhand. If you like what you heard, please do subscribe to our show and share this episode with your fellow educators. You can support us by leaving us a positive review on iTunes or your preferred podcasting app. That way, more school leaders like you will find us. If you want to learn more about school growth, visit our website at enrollhand.com and please do check out the links in the show notes of this episode. Until next time, goodbye for now.